Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, we are live. We are back. Thank God it's Friday. Matt Garland here. NMLS number 58700. Better known as MG the Mortgage Guy. Make sure you guys like, comment, share, subscribe. Hit the bell for notifications. Beep, beep. Okay. Also, make sure you go to mgbookstore.com, pick up my latest books, House Economics, The Real Estate Investors Manifesto. Go to mgbookstore.com, ladies and gentlemen. Pick up the books. Buy some webinars. Educate yourself. All right. Tooks Production is in the building. How the hell are you, Tooks? Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Um, This week went by so fast. Yeah, no, I definitely did. I didn't even realize it was Friday. Um, this year is going by fast. Yeah. It's a lot of, a lot happening right now at mm-hmm. a rapid pace. Um, but yeah, we're here though. Yes, we are. We are live, we are blessed. Holiday weekend. And early. This is the earliest we've been on live in probably, who knows? Forever. We never go on live this early. <laughs> it's kind of early. Well, we wasn't even going to go on live. <laughs> we was going to go yesterday, but somebody was late. Who was late? Are uh, you. Oh, me. Yeah, oh. yeah. Oh. You was late. <laughs> Two hours late. But yeah. it was great because I went to dinner. Yeah, it was a last minute. Oh, I'm <laughs> Shout out to Lindsay. Shout out to Lindsay and Tony. I went to dinner with Lindsay and Tony yesterday. Um, had a great dinner. And I'm glad you, you was late. And I'm glad I changed my plans. <laughs> <laughs> so it was good. Um, what I was about to say. Oh, happy 4th of July weekend. That's why we decided oh, to yeah. come on today because I said, yo, it's 4th of July weekend. Like, I don't know if I'm going to film on Monday. Um, so I said, let's do something today. And plus this Airbnb tweet that's gone viral about Airbnb and crash. So we got something good to talk about. Yeah, I got some questions. I got some questions on this. So, um, shout out to yeah. Trey in the comments. Who? Uh, uh, Trinica. Shout out to Trey. He's one of my mentees. Shout out to Tanisha in the comments too. Oh, uh, I want to set my room up for a podcast. Hit me up. Oh yeah. Hit us Tanisha up, is here. Yes. It's been a while. It's been a while. Tanisha, hope all is well. Hope all is well. Uh, shout out to Keep It Moving with the... Um, super chat. With the, with the super chat. Um, he said, Airbnb crash where? Jude on fire with his. Absolutely. Oh, Jude is on. He said, I want to chime in. Yeah, shout out to Jude. Jude, you can call You can call into the live show. Matter of fact, put the, um, put the um, phone number up, Tooks, so that way we're going to do a live show. And Jude, I'm gonna bring you on in a second. No, you didn't put the phone number up. I know. Oh, I, no, I'm seeing the screen moving and shit like that. So Jude, I'm I'm gonna just get them up to speed on this tweet, and then I want you to call in Jude, and we'll get your take on it because you're definitely on fire with what you got going on with your Airbnb. He sent me his. He he made a post about it, but he sent me that a couple of days ago about this Airbnb that he got here in New York. That's absolutely crushing it. Um, well, yeah, we're going to get into that. Um, so we're going to put the live call-in number here on the screen in one second as Tooks is typing For questions. Out. For questions, right? 
So the live call-in number is, I have it here too, is 563-999-3608. It's on the screen as well. 563-999-3608. All right, so all of this started because um, a tweet went out. Let's show on the screen right now of the tweet and everything that I, that, that I had posted. Now, I saw this tweet go out and over the past couple of days it just was going crazy and the guy who posted the the tweet is a very popular youtuber um um the guy nick nick gorill i believe his name is he has a very popular youtube channel and i've watched some of his videos okay and they're very well edited um lots of data lots of information but it's a lot of fear base like everything, if you go to his page, is always everything's crashing. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Everything's crashing, and quite frankly, that's the type of shit that 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 get views. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, and I don't knock people's hustle. Like, do what you got to do, right? But I just tell, try to tell people, you got to kind of read in between the lines because this guy's been saying everything's crashing for like a year and a half, two years, and nothing has crashed yet. <laughs> they don't. They don't catch on to this though. They don't say like mm. what the people. Yeah, like, you know how you usually predict things and it usually ends up happening? Yeah, because I actually, I'm not biased. I'm not doing shit for clicks and views to right. to get AdSense money, to get, I'm not, like, that's not my shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm putting out, I do my best to try to put out information that's not biased because I am a loan originator. I try to put out information that is useful, that's helpful. And if it's bad news, it's bad news. If it's good news, it's good news. And I report on it, right? To the best of my ability and I give my opinion. Yeah. But when I watch a lot of his videos, and it's hard for me to watch a lot of videos because it's just, the data be good. I'm not going to hold you up. And if the average person is just watching it, you'll be like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, it makes sense because of the editing and everything like that. Um, and I don't think he's, a, I don't know him personally. I don't think he's a bad guy. And I don't think most people who do this are bad people. Right. You know what I'm saying? But when I saw his tweet went out, um, the tweet, he basically was saying that it was going to be an Airbnb crash. And he posted these top 10 cities and the numbers. And, you know, he, he sourced where he got his data from, et cetera, right? So, again, for me, I always look at everything with a grain of salt when people are tweeting out. So he said... His tweet was, and I'm going to read his tweet, it's not on this thing, but that's the response that came from Jamie Lane. But his tweet says, the Airbnb collapse is real. Revenues are down nearly 50% in cities like Phoenix and Austin. Watch out for a wave of forced selling from Airbnb owners later this year and the areas hit the hardest by revenue collapse. So then he put out this chart, which is in this tweet right here, that shows these top 10 cities. Let me show it. Um, hold on before okay. we get there. Well, yeah, show the, show the chart. Show the chart. I think you got to swipe it. Are you not showing it? You wasn't showing the screen just now? No. Oh, yeah. Show the screen. Okay. So now go to the charts. Go to the next swipe. So this is the chart right here, right? And this was um, his chart that he pulled up and he put together. And he said the Airbnb revenue collapsed top 10 cities, right? He said, uh, what's this? And I got to probably zoom Ten into Tennessee. Yeah, that's Tennessee. You Can can you see it clearer than me? I, it's it's super small and I can't make it uh, any larger because um, mm -hmm. I, this is the largest it goes on Instagram. Okay. 
So basically, let's just read the names. It says uh, Sevierville in Tennessee, mm-hmm. Phoenix, Arizona, Austin, Texas, Myrtle Beach, San Antonio, Asheville, Salisbury, um, Denver, Breckenridge, Ridge. I don't even know what the fuck that is in Colorado. <laughs> Never heard of it. New Orleans, Lakeland, Seattle, Panama City, and Orlando, Florida. So these were the top 15 cities that he put out. Mm-hmm. And you got anywhere from a 47% drop to a, a, 30, a 34% drop, right? Okay. So now scroll to the first thing in this. So I saw this post going, that post going around. There was a lot of green screens and this, that, and the third. So yeah. I chose to chill for a couple of days to say, you know what? I understand how he puts out his content. So I said, let me see if Airbnb or someone's going, because the tweet went viral. Like, as of right now, that tweet has been viewed 34 million times. 34 million times? 34 million times on Twitter. Wow. 34 fucking million times on Twitter. So I said, and he put it out two days ago. So I said, all right, let me chill. Let me see if any data comes out to rebut this or anything or what Airbnb come out. So then this guy here, Jamie Lane, um, he is, um, we'll see, scroll scroll to the end so I can sh- so we can see who he is, right? So Jamie Lane is the chief economist and SVP of analytics for AirDNA, tracking performance and explaining trends in short-term rentals. Formerly, and he's formerly with, you know, CBRE Hotels. Right. Mm-hmm. So this guy clearly knows his shit. Right? right. He's an economist and he's in charge of analytics for Air DNA, which is a reputable source that um, tracks performance of Airbnbs. So let's now scroll to the first post. So his tweet was the viral tweet about short STR stands for short term rentals, rentals okay. um, data. Let's get some facts straight. There's not a collapse in RevPow happening. It is down in 2023. Yes. Is it down by 40%? No. I pulled the numbers from AirDNA's data sets, mirroring the analysis done by Nick. Uh, what do we find? The average market listed is seeing RevPow decrease of 3.6%, right. not 40%. Scroll to the next one. So he has a comparison between the two. Yeah, so that's Nick's data chart that he put up, and that's what we just read, right? That yeah. is going anywhere from the for number one city, 47%. Um, in decline to 34%. Let's go to the next one. And then I put up their comparison. Um, this is the this is the the wrong one. No, that's that. So they probably can see this better one. Yeah. On 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 YouTube right now. Matter of fact, let me check and see how it looks on YouTube right now. Yeah. So that one's a little bit cleaner because I what I did was because I understand like the the comparison one was like in long 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 form. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of like screenshotted it. So this is the original one that Nick put out, and then they did the same cities, the next slot, and it shows the actual decreases, right? So they're saying 9%, 3%, 7%, yeah. 5%, right? Not 40%, 47%, 30% like we saw um, on the tweet that Nick put out. Do we know what RevPal is? That's basically like revenue, basically, Okay. right? And revenue is down. So where are these numbers here coming from on his analysis? So his analysis, 
Nick got his data from all the rooms, right? That's why it says in parentheses, all the rooms. Okay. All the rooms is another platform that analyzes data and stuff like that. They actually have a really good website where you can find out like rules and regulations in the city where the Airbnbs are, stuff like that. Because the regulations are changing nationwide, city by city when it comes to Airbnbs. Right. So I don't know, like, look, and I'm going to just keep it real with you and everybody who's watching this. I didn't sit here. I'm not going to sit here and waste my time and go through the data sets myself and kind of look to see who's telling the truth and who's lying. Right. Me personally, I'm going to go with the person who's the chief economist. (laughs) And this is what they do for a living, not someone who's just putting out content just for the sake of putting out content. I don't know if they if their data like where did all the rooms get this data from? Did Nick and his team kind of like manipulate the data? I don't think they would. I don't know why they would, right? Yeah. But when you're looking at, you have two different, you have the same cities, but two different data sets. Right. So who's really telling the truth here? How do you fucking know? <laughs> you well, know what I'm saying? Wouldn't the economy kind of see that though? Like if it was, if it was a big decrease in revenue, like wouldn't, wouldn't that be... Yeah, because everything's um, public record. Right. Because these are publicly traded companies, so they have to put out the revenue and stuff like that because that's the law. Yeah. Right? So I'm just telling you from my standpoint of what I see because I know investors like Drew Bernard, who's on on a chat uh, right now, who's probably going to call in and give his take on it. I don't see people losing 40 80%. I mean, not, not 80%, 40%, 30% in revenue from last year. In fact, I know people who are making more money this year than they did last year Mm. in doing Airbnbs. Now, I can't speak specifically to any of these cities that was listed. Right. um, And I can't speak to every Airbnb that's on the marketplace. But from what I've seen from investors that I know who who own properties at Airbnb to the people who do arbitrage that are doing Airbnb, yes. Are there more listings for Airbnbs now? Absolutely, because everybody's teaching Airbnbs. Um, a lot of these places, you don't need to own the property to do Airbnbs, so it's a lot more competition. But I don't see revenue down this drastically. Right. I see it down maybe in certain people's situation. It is down a little bit, but not a lot. That's almost half. Exactly my point. That should just sound, like, it's just crazy. That's almost enough to like say, I'm not even, <laughs> I'm not even going to even continue to do this type of numbers like that's literally half um half of the revenue yeah which would which i think it would be a huge deal i think it would be a it's just like look it's just like when people say the housing market is going to crash and nick has been one of these people who's been reporting on this for a whole year and some change saying every market in america is crashing basically right and watch out later this year it's always that watch out in the next coming months and this that and the third Like, in the reports, the numbers just don't map up to what you're saying. The correction is here, correct. Are prices down compared to last year? Absolutely. But did homes, did we lose equity, right? Meaning, like, homes have still appreciated this year. Year over year, homes have appreciated. It may not be 20%. It went back to some normalcy. I've been saying this shit for a year, that we're not going to see a crash in the real estate housing market. Mm Mm-hmm. And I always say supply and demand trumps everything. Yes, well, we get back to a normal appreciating market, 3% in some markets, 5% in some markets, 2% in some markets, yes. But appreciation is appreciation. Now, when it comes specifically for Airbnbs, I don't really see that 
no one's down these large numbers that they reported just based off of the clients that I have, the, the people that I know that do Airbnb, everyone's still doing well. Right. Are they crushing it like it was during the pandemic days when people had so much disposable cash working from home, they could travel all over the world? No, it's not the same. Yeah. Nothing's the same since then, you know what I mean? But I just, I'm personally, I don't know who numbers are right or wrong because everybody is biased to their own propaganda and what they got to going on. I'm just looking at, for me, what I see with my own two eyes and when I'm speaking to people, I'm going to go with the economist on this one from yeah. their DNA. I'm going to go with his numbers and cite, like, all right, this guy might be more accurate than what um, uh, ReVenture and Nick put out. Right. And all the rooms put out because this just seems way too far fetched for me mm. to believe that they're down in Phoenix, Arizona, 47% in revenue. That don't make no sense to me. Yeah. Now, if you're in any of these cities. Yeah, I would like to know. And you are um, an Airbnb host or owner, whatever the case may be, call in. We want to hear from you. Right. Tell us your journey. What's been going on with you? Me personally, from the people I've been speaking to, especially since I put out that post and people in the city has been hitting me up saying, yeah, when they when they saw that post going viral, they was calling a cap on it. Like there's no way, you know. Now, obviously, yeah. there are going to be some property owners that do take a hit for various reasons. It could be their property is not that good. It could be the market where they at is oversaturated. Um, with Airbnb listings, maybe they're too expensive because there's a lot of stupid-ass fees with Airbnbs. Me, personally, I'm not a fan of Airbnb. Why not? I'm not a fan of Airbnb and staying stay in the Airbnb. I'd rather stay in the hotel. Me, personally. I like room service. And I like safety. I just feel more safe and secure in a hotel. I can get room service. I'm not in somebody's house. I don't know if you got cameras all over the place. You see stories like that all the time. And then the fees, when you start looking at all these fucking dumbass fees, the cleaning fees and this fee and that fee, and if you over a certain amount of people in your party and that's with you, they consider you a party, then it's more. Yeah. Like for me, I'd rather just go stay in a fucking five-star hotel. <laughs> like and just get the best treatment. I know I'm safe. I'm not worried about no foolishness. And call it a fucking day. That's just me. You can take this down now. I did already. Oh, you did? Yeah. So I still see it on my screen. Oh, hold on. Yeah, so, like, for me, I'm just, like, I personally, I probably only stayed in Airbnbs a handful of times. I just don't like it. Yeah, I don't think it's, I mean, somebody I just, can I correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I don't think it's safe. No, for, I, don't think, I don't think it's safe either. certain people. I don't think it's safe you know, for certain, I, certain people yeah. and if you're in certain cities. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like the streets are always watching and you never know. So like for me, like if I go to Atlanta or something like that, I'm not going to no Airbnb. No, thank you. I'm going to the hotel. Yeah. <laughs> like, but that's just me. I understand the purpose of it. Look, and I understand there's a lot of people that ran it up with Airbnb. But for me personally, I like long-term rentals because I know exactly what I'm getting every single month. That's just been my thing. Mm -hmm. Now, I know a lot of investors that do Airbnbs and they crush it, right? They crush it. God bless them. But I don't want to be in the hotel business, the hospitality business. That's not a business that I sign up for. 
because it's a lot of work to go manage these properties, this, that, and third. It's a churn and burn. You can't hire a property manager? You can't hire a property manager. Most states require you to hire some sort of property manager or someone who holds a license and stuff like that. There's a lot of changes that's happening yeah. with the Airbnb marketplace with all the rules and regulations and things of that nature. But for me, again, I want to talk down to the arbitrage people, the people who don't own property and they're doing Airbnb arbitrage. I think you guys are on the clock. Can you explain what that means? So Airbnb, you don't own the property. It's like you're subleasing it um, or you're leasing an a apartment and you are putting it on Airbnb. It's like you get, like where I live, for example, like yeah. I get 10 apartments in there and now I put them all up for short-term rentals. So it, it's like lease? Basically. Yeah, yeah, you're leasing. You're not, you you okay. don't own nothing. Right. Right? It's basically what it is. You don't own the property that's your Airbnb. You're just basically subleasing it out as a short-term rental because you're signing a lease. And then now when you do a short-term rental, it's, it's basically like a sublease, right? So you don't own nothing. Right. You're just... And it's, 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 it was a good play, I think. But now with the rules and regulations starting to change... A lot of places are now cracking down on that. Yeah, I was going to ask if it was legal in every state to do that. No, it's not because in the past you were able to do it. But even some buildings that you yeah. are doing this in, they can they crack down too, right? So the people who are doing arbitrage, like I said, I think you're on the clock <clears throat> because they're going to make it to where if you're not owning yeah. And I think in a lot of these cities, they're going to start moving towards you have to be an owner of a property. It has to be a primary residence or you can't own more than a couple properties to do Airbnb. Like a lot of these cities are doing some crazy funky shit. Right. But I think what they're going to start doing is boxing out the people who don't own, get rid of them. Yeah. Because you got to look at you're now tapping into the hospitality industry, really the hotel industry. You're tapping into their pockets and their money. And they got a big bank, and they got the lobbyists, and now they're going to be sitting out here lobbying and trying to get these laws changed. Well, why? Because the, the hotel industry is losing a lot of money, probably tens of billions of dollars behind Airbnb. Probably, yeah. And they don't like that shit. So I think the arbitrage people are definitely on the clock. I think you guys need to get into some ownership place. I think you guys need to really start taking the money while you can and really start fixing up your credit, saving for your down payments, and really start buying real estate and owning real estate so that way your Airbnb businesses won't suffer, right? Yeah. Um, Jules Bernard said, the wolf of Airbnb is getting fed time. I just read that in the real deal. There was some guy who goes by the wolf of Airbnb, like the wolf of Wall Street, Yeah. but he'd go by the wolf of Airbnb and... This guy during COVID, he ran up, I think it was like $1.2 million in Airbnb um, income, but he had like nine different apartments in New York City doing the arbitrage play, mm. and he wasn't paying no rent. And the landlords got sick of him and called him a fraud. How's that fed time, though? Because he's doing fraud. It's a whole story. I'm not getting okay, into that I'm shit. like, wait, how's that fraud? Read the article. <laughs> I'm not getting into all of that right now okay right because that's not i'm just telling you like yeah, yeah, yeah some niggas be doing fraudulent shit right yeah but um joe call in i don't i need uh, i don't even know if i want to know because i can't tell who's calling in i know his number well you don't want to announce it no I, I can tell you what his last four is though if he calls in joe call in just text it to me uh he said he want to try he just texted me 
Call in. Let me text you the number, Jude. Because Jude is killing it with the Air, Airbnb. Do you see it on here? Um, 4571. That's yeah, him right so. there. All right, I'm going to add him on. Jude, we're adding you on. Let's add him. What's good, family? Joe Bernard. What's good, family? Yo, what's good, bro? How you? I'm good, man. I'm blessed, man. I'm blessed. How are you? Man, I woke up this morning. God is the greatest. Take that down, Sooks. Take God, that down. The, 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 oh. the call-in thing. God is the greatest, bro. So talk to us, Jude. You're killing it with your Airbnb. Um, you sent me some receipts of that last week, I believe. And I see that you just posted um, a whole play you did with the business credit and everything like that. I thought that was a really great post. Um, so what's, what's your opinion on this whole Airbnb crash? Yo, just like anything else, you know, um, the latecomers are going to jump in and try to figure it all out. Um, the people who are not doing the research, who are not doing their homework, who, are, who just are, you know, following the, click, the, um, the clicks and the likes, are jumping in, not knowing what they're doing. They're jumping into the wrong cities, jumping into the wrong properties and all that other stuff. Um, they're going to get burned, you know. Bottom line, I'm just like you. I'm a hotel dude, right? If I'm, ro- if I'm rolling if I'm rolling this solo someplace, it makes more sense for me to be in a hotel. But, um, like, when I, when I put my Airbnb here, I knew um, I could, the only place I would with is the families who are coming in who needed, you know, seven, you know, seven, had to sleep seven people and it made more sense. You know, like it, it, I am, I am more, if I am more expensive for one person to come in, but if seven or eight people need to come through or, or if 30 people need to come through, they could rent my entire joint. It makes more sense that way. So you have to know, you have to know like who your competition is. And secondly, you have to know the laws, the laws in the city that you're trying to play in. Because in all actuality, New York City has one of the toughest Airbnb laws. So when I went out to buy a property, I made sure that the property complied with the New York City laws. You know, I made sure that I'm complying to what the fire code is, to what the Department of Building Codes is, to what the tax, to to what the tax codes are. So, like, don't, don't watch, you know what I'm saying, don't watch a, um, don't watch a, what do you call it, a YouTube video or Instagram post and then take, a, you know, then, then pay you nine ninety nine, listen to somebody sell you and think that you're going to get rich doing this and not really investing in the education of knowing what you're doing, you know. And in regards to, like, the fear-mongering that's going on, you know, it, fear-mongering gets clicks and it gets likes, you know. Nobody, because nobody wants to hear me. No one's going to click and like me for me telling you about, you know, my um, my guest that flushed a feminine, feminine products in and I had to give her back $1,000 because the sewer backed up. <laughs> you know, like that's that's a real Airbnb. But Wait, if you hold, know what you're doing. Hold on, hold on, Jude, hold on, hold on. You said, <laughs> you said that a woman flushed feminine products down your toilet it and it mm-hmm. and it flooded the the place and you had to give them back a thousand dollars. 
Yeah, like she had the place for like three weeks. No, she had the place for like a um like a week. She had like a three thousand dollar um she had she had a three thousand dollar stay. She put the feminine products in. I, you know, what I'm saying uh, my plumber went in, snaked it, saw exactly what it was, um, and I ended up having to give her. I ended up having to give her a thousand dollars back because a thousand dollars is cheaper than a bad review. <laughs> mm. So. Mm. Don't let that go over y'all head, y'all. A thousand dollars was cheaper than a bad review. So, so it's can you sexy, can, can but... you can you explain some of the rules, um, and regulations of doing Airbnb in New York? All right. One thing in New York City is that the law specifically speaks to Class A properties, right? A Class A property. Is your regular um, is your regular um, residential residential housing? Now, if you buy a Class B property, which is like a, um, a hotel, an SRO, a dormitory, anything like that, you can legally have transient occupancy in. There's a list um, put out by the mayor's office of special enforcement, and if you are on that list, um, the Airbnb laws do not apply to you. But you know, on another note, on another note, um, these pro- these properties are super hard to finance because you know I've t- I've spoken to you about this um, on on a on a on a low where you know like I basically had to come out my pocket a couple mil because you can't finance these properties. But then again, you can't finance these properties. But um, on a typical property, you're not you're not making eight hundred thousand dollars a year in rentals on a six unit. So. It is what it is. Yeah, and those for the those math, who don't know, the math got the math. Yes, for those of you who don't know, a SRO is a single um, room occupancy. Um, that's what that stands for, and um, it's very difficult to get financing for those. And like Jude said, you got to have the capital to really buy those deals, and especially in New York, they're very expensive, a couple million dollars um, to get those done. But on the flip side. You know, Jude is killing it with his Airbnb. I think you said in ninety days it made like almost two hundred fifty thousand, something like that, right? Yeah, I'm at as of as of this afternoon, I was like two hundred seventy five thousand. I've been I've been in for eighty eighty six days. Eighty six days, two hundred and seventy k plus. That's incredible. Exactly, it's incredible. But again. Um, you know, I put I put nine hundred grand into renovations. I, you know what I'm saying? Like I got a staff. You know, like it's it's not just me. You know, cleaning the bathroom after one guest leaves and, and then trying to trying to put that that um in my pocket. I got a business going on, a full on business, which is which is cool because um you know in a in about eight or nine more months. I could go to SBA and show them a year of earnings, and I could pull I could pull a, a few a nice bag out of that. So, so what kind of so what it's, kind it's of the game? Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. What kind of what? I was going to ask you because you said it's a true business, right? You have a staff, like for you to manage, because basically you basically have a hotel with this with this mm-hmm. building, right? So, what type of what type like how many how many rooms? is your building and what type of staff um, do you have to manage this type of um, hotel that you're owning? All right. So I got, 
I got six units. I got one one bedroom, one two bedroom, and and, and four three bedrooms. On a on an average, I get about four hundred dollars a night for the um, for the three bedrooms. I get um, three fifty for the two bedroom, and I get three hundred for the one bedroom. All right. So I have a property manager that gets fifteen to twenty percent. If um, he gets he gets fifteen um, percent. If I make if I make under sixty k a month, he gets twenty percent. If I give him, if if I make above sixty um, k, so um, that's that's like that's like twelve k that I give um, my property manager right right off the back if I on a, on a good month. Then I have um, I have my cleaning people, you know. On average, on average, the rooms are about one hundred fifteen dollars a clean. So um, the longer the stay, the better it is for me because it's less cleaning fees. So if I get people in there for a week, that is good for me. So that's less cleaning. Um, if people are more, get going in and out, um, that's like cleaning every day. So my my cleaning could be about anywhere from you know five five percent to eight percent a month of of my revenue. Then I then I got my 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 um, maintenance guy who you know who has to come and change light bulbs or or um, somebody locked themselves out or, or you know what I'm saying or the um, towel rod broke some you know who takes care of that stuff he gets um, he gets anywhere from forty to seventy five dollars um, per visit. You know, like if you got a snake out, if you got a snake out feminine products and stuff like that, I'm gonna pay a little extra. <laughs> you know, so this, you know, out of out of that, um, out of the out of the two, out of excuse me, out of the um, the total number, I probably get to keep about sixty percent of that. Mm. You know, but so, then now, now. But, even for you, even with your six, so you got forty percent going to your expenses and management and et cetera, et cetera. But then now that sixty percent mm-hmm. now, you still have to calculate your acquisition and rehab. Exactly, exactly. But you know, on on that that's a, that's a whole other play because um, I actually I actually made um, one point five on the upside after. After, cause I picked I picked up the property I picked up the property for for a two uh, I put about eight into it and it just appraised for four point two four so mm. I'm up I'm up on that but but like but like you say all the time that's only a paper up because the money in my hand it's just equity <laughs> yeah see so for those of you who don't know Jewel Bernard make sure first of all you go follow him on Instagram and all his platforms but Jewel Bernard's here in New York uh, He's the owner and a founder of the Brooklyn Bank. And um, Jude likes big deals. Pause. <laughs> right? Like, Jude is only going to do these multi-million dollar deals. So he's not a, 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 a huge cash flow investor. He His play is really burn these properties and pulling out millions of dollars in equity and, and re, um, rinse and repeat. Correct, Jude? Exactly. Exactly. The long play. Yeah. So... For those of you who might be in the comments watching this live or on a replay, before you start talking, you talk in the comments of the foolishness. You got to understand what Jude's strategy is. Um, but ultimately, even with this cash flow and everything that you're going, 
you're going to be able to recoup your money back probably in the next 12 to 18 months, right? Exactly. Exactly. Look, Jill Bernard, one of the uh, one of the goats out here doing some big things. Tooks, you got any questions for Jude? Um, what up, Tooks? What's up, bro? How are you? I'm good, um, man. I'm no, good. I, I, I think he pretty much explained it pretty well. I mean, it's on. It's just on a higher, much higher level than uh, me just getting a little apartment in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, this, <laughs> this, is stick, is this is strictly high level. <laughs> this, uh, this is no, definitely. No, but one of the things that I tell people, you know, like for every every law that they make, right? The law that they make. It's it's for, it applies to two people. It's one to keep somebody out, and two to keep somebody to keep somebody's bag right. You know what I'm saying? So so when you look at the law, when you look at the law, like when they say there's no Airbnb, there's no laws that say no, there's no Airbnb. They they're always gonna say there's uh, short term rentals only apply in this in this neighborhood, or it has to be on, by this rule or, or this guideline and stuff like that, right? So um, the small-minded person is always going to look, look and look at the hurdle and say, "Oh, they they pushing me out." But the guy with the bag, the guy who's really going to get the dough, he's looking at it. Okay, so cool. All they're doing is wiping out the the competition for me. So um, when I read an article that says that um, the new the new laws in New York City are now pushing ten thousand ten thousand people off the Airbnb platform, I'm like, great. That works for me, you know, because that's less competition. So, so instead of getting four hundred dollars a night for my my three bedrooms, I'm gonna get like four fifty going forward because there's there's less product, you know, and I'm gonna flood the streets because I got the product. Mm. So, makes, sense. makes a lot of sense. Makes, makes sense, both yeah. makes both sense and sense, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Look, trying, bro. We trying. Nah, you ain't trying. You out here, you out here killing it, man. I appreciate y'all. Make sure you go follow Jude on IG. Tanisha, she just put it in the chat, but it's Mr. Jude Bernard on um, Instagram. Tap in with my guy. And whenever you come to New York, if you want to go to any dope educational events, make sure you tap in with the Brooklyn Bank as well. MG was like one of the first ones on that Brooklyn Bank stage. Yes, yes, sir. Always, he always there to support was, the bank, he was, man. He was, he was the first person to tell the truth, honestly. Really? Yeah, you were like the first person of, of summer school series. Yeah. You set it off. Well, we definitely want to have to bring it back for the fall. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, bro. Um, I... Thanks for having me and keep it. Keep pushing the word. No doubt, bro. I appreciate you. All right, Jude. Love. Shout, shout out to Jude. Shout out to Jude Bernard. Shout out to Jude Bernard. Make sure y'all tap in with him. All right, so that was a good conversation. Um, we got anybody else on on, on this thing who want to call in? No, nah, there's no more calls. No um, more. I that I'm, I'm gonna put it back up again, but I didn't see anybody else's number on there. Okay. Um, but yeah, Jude is like fearless. He's like, he don't he don't care about the noise, no distractions. He's just like, yo, I'm, I know what I'm doing. I don't need no. I don't need the news to tell me how to move. You know what I mean? Nah, because he not he he not paying attention to the foolishness. Like yeah, I noticed that. I noticed he, that. He's like, but that's mostly with anybody, right? Like, with anybody who's really tapped into what they're looking to do, they're not yeah. looking at what this person is saying, what this person is saying, what they're doing. Like, even I tell you all the time, like, yo, bro, I don't give a fuck what any of these other people are doing. Yeah, 
I'm doing what I want to do because this is what I feel is right to me. And right. I think this is going to help people more. Like, we can do so much clickbait content and stuff like that and just to drive in the views and the links, especially how big the brand has grown. I could be doing all types of different type of content to bring in more people. You're right. But I don't want to do that because, and look, even if you look at, look at the views on our videos, and we'd be talking about some good shit. And they'd be yeah. having 2,000 views, 3,000 views. And it's like, are they really paying attention? But those who are, are paying attention. Mm. But I'm still going to stay the course of what my mission is because I know what I'm trying to do and what I'm trying to achieve. So everyone who's successful, they're going to have their blinders on and just keep going and keep moving without worrying about what the crowd is doing. Yeah, I call those people, like, those people who, who like, watch that kind of stuff, they're just, like, stuck in, like, the matrix, you know? They never execute. They never execute, and they just want to be stuck and listen to the fear. Like, it's, it's just how it is. So you got to yeah. look at the people who really pay attention to fear-mongering type of content. The people who, and I had conversations with people all the time who are gung-ho about, yo, it's going to crash, and this is going to happen. I'm going to wait for this, and I'm going to wait for that. They... A year later, two years later, they're still waiting. <laughs> like, they still haven't done anything while millions of other people have executed. Like, even if you look at going back to 2020, 2020, when the pandemic started, I remember us doing that last video. And I said to you, we got to do one more video before we they shut us down. Mm -hmm. I remember that. And I said, we're going to make this Why You Need to Buy a House in 2020. That was the name of the video. That was the last video before we went into quarantine. And I said in that video, yo, don't listen to nobody. Go out and buy if you can still afford, blah, 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 blah. And people didn't listen. I was getting in my DMs. I was getting bashed. I was this, that, and the third. Especially then a month later, I went on The Breakfast Club, and I mm -hmm. kind of said the same thing. And I said, yo, this is what's going to happen when they open America back up. It's going to go crazy. No, it's going to crash. And da, 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 da. I said, no, it's not. No one listened. Were the rates low at that time, too? Yes. Rates were in the fours at that time. Okay. Like mid, high fours, sometimes they're going to the fives. So when it dipped down to threes and twos, it was like, oh, shit. Especially when it got in the twos, it was like a frenzy. People were still waiting probably then too, yeah. Because people wanted to wait for it to get to 1%. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? You know how many people told me, y'all, I'm waiting to 1%. So what world, what, you're in the fairy tale. Well, if it went to two and a half, it can go to one and a half. Okay, you yeah. keep waiting. Now, those same people are kicking themselves because they can't afford to buy at a 7% interest rate, which we are today. Right now, interest rates, our average is over 7% today. So I was saying the opportunity cost, and I was breaking down even with today's market, with today's interest rates versus if the market did crash 10%, 20% with high interest rates, you still would want to pay a higher um, payment. Right. Now, you have high prices, high rates, and all the people who have been on the internet for the past year screaming, real estate crash, real estate crash, real estate crash. And they all popping their heads up here and there when some data comes in their favor. And I still be like, this is, it's not sustainable content. You yeah, know what I'm saying? They're looking for, for data to support their excuses for not buying. Because they this. only put out the data that supports their excuses or, yeah. or their, 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 their thing. Like even I, I saw recently there was some foreclosure numbers that came up that foreclosures have risen. 
and now I'm starting to see more fear-mongering tactics and content based off of foreclosures. Oh, the market's going to crash. It's, it's almost here. There's going to be more foreclosures. Like, dude, you would need millions of foreclosures right now. You have to understand, people. And I think I brought that up on a thing. Matter of fact, bring that up. Uh, the the okay. other thing with the housing market, right? So let's talk about the housing market, right? So this is Redfin's website that we're looking at, right? Let's scroll down. U.S. US housing market overview, right? It may twenty. Go go back up. Let's just really look. Go go up. Go up. Go up. Right there. It says read more. Hit the read more. Yeah. So it says in May 2023. Now, all reports lag on when they come out, right? So it said in May 2023. U.S. home prices was down 3.2% compared to last year, selling for a median price of 418000 On average, the number of homes sold was down 16%. That's very important. The number of homes sold was down 16% year over year, and there were 497,000 homes sold in May this year, down 592 homes um, last year. Mm -hmm. The national average on 30-year fixed mortgage um, is at six and six point four percent and up one point two two points year over year, which is actually higher today because I don't know when they put this out, this report out. What is it at today? Like six seven seven percent right oh, now. Seven percent. Yeah, yeah, it's seven percent right now. I'm gonna check it right now. Where's the average thirty year fix? Seven point oh two percent on a thirty year fix right now, on average. Right. So this probably came out earlier in the month of June. Mm -hmm. These these statistics because everything's a lag. Right. When you're in June, you talk about May numbers. When you go to July, we talk about June numbers. Right. But I want you to scroll down. Right. <clears throat> Not this one. Talk to the first growing sales price. No. Housing supply. Very important. Go read more. Right. Are there enough homes for sale to meet buyer demand? In May 2023, there were 1.473 million homes for sale in the United States down 5.5% from last year. We're already in a low inventory. Last year, inventory was worse. Now we have less homes on the market, making inventory even worse than it was last year when rates were about 2 to 3% points lower, right? The number of newly listed homes was 578,000 and down 24% year over year. The medium days on the market is 31 days, up 14 uh, up 14 for me. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. year ago, and the average month of supply right now is two months of supply. Think about that shit, bro. Anything less than six um, six um, months of supply is considered a seller's market. Anything above six months is considered a buyer's market. 
But this is kind of a weird, freaky market we're in right now because we have higher interest rates. Right. So now sellers are being um, are, are willing, if they are selling, willing to negotiate things more. They may come down on prices a little bit. They may give sellers concessions, whereas a year and a half, two years ago, none of that shit was happening. It was more above asking price things. But the month of supplies, there's only two months of supply. It's telling you right here, the number of newly listed homes is down 24%. If there's no fucking inventory, how can there be a crash? Even if there's a million Airbnb listings hit the market, you only add in an, um, another million homes to the market. That's not going to be enough for a crash. Yeah, that will bring you up to probably four months of supply. So when there was when there was an the actual crash, what were the numbers looking like that? Like oh, we that did. Time? You don't remember all those? Well, those were webinars, and I used to break all that thing down. Well, in right. terms of supply at the time. There was over four or five million homes on the market. Four or five million homes? Yes, because there was fucking the foreclosures. So how many months of supply you think it was in? It was like time? eight, nine months of supply. Wow. So we're at two months. I have months charts right on now. this. So we're at two months and it Yeah. Okay. I have charts on this. I have slides on this. We could pull yeah. that up too if you want. So we're not even close to even a market crash. No. <laughs> even with higher interest rates. Because think about it. A seller, why would, if I had to sell, if I wanted to upgrade right now. Yeah. If I said, you know what, Tooks, I want to buy my dream house right now. I would have to really think really hard about that. Because I got a 2.99% interest rate on Garland Gardens. Yeah, you wouldn't, yeah. So why am I going to go get a 6 7% on $3 million? Mm-hmm. Well, I could just stay my ass where I'm at and make Garland Gardens beautiful. Yeah. And, and deal with it the way I want. Unless I am forced to sell because of financial situations, right. health situations, relocation. You know, I just, I, I need to downgrade. I want to take my, or I want to just take my equity out of this home and I want to downgrade and invest the rest. Like there has to be a, a burning purpose for a seller to sell right now, especially if they're going. Because what are they going to do? When you sell a house, you're doing what? You're either going to rent or you're going to buy. Right. So if I'm selling my primary to go buy another primary, I have to really need to make that change. I have to have life changes and circumstances that's really forcing me to like. I have to get out of this house. It's maybe too small. I don't need more space. I'm having more kids. I need better school districts. I'm moving to a different part of the city. Whatever there is, whatever reasons people move and sell their houses. Yeah. But if I'm trading a two, there was a stat that came out that said over ninety percent of Americans right now who own a home have a rate less than six percent right now on their mortgage. 90%. Over 90%. I can't remember the exact number. When I, when I saw the report, I said, this shit is crazy. Over 90%, I think it was like 95% or some shit like that, have an interest rate below 6% right now. Yeah. Where's the inventory going to come from? And every time you turn around, when you're looking at the foreclosures, the government is always extending some sort of COVID relief modification programs to keep people in their homes. Yeah. So they won't foreclose. So where is this supply? New construction numbers are, are stagnant. Builders ain't building as what they used to. And now the builders who are building, they're doing build to rent. Mm. So they're building new homes to rent. 
Yeah. Yeah, I got so that's, that's a, a whole nother article that came out that I was reading the other day, right? Um, as I got a notification, my light bill was just paid. And it's <laughs> yeah. not even the first yet. Welcome to the dark side, y'all. <laughs> so there was a whole nother article that came out that I that that I was reading the other day. I, I think I saved it. Um, I think it was in this article. It was talking about Bezos. Look, think about it. Jeff Bezos and his company. You could take this down because I just wanted to show him the house. Is down? I yeah. still see it on me, so I don't. I didn't know it was down. Um, I, I, I. So before I go into what I was about to say, I'm saying all this to say, supply, supply versus demand. That's going to determine if a market is going to crash or not. Like people keep talking about, is recessionary times, but the reports that just came out showing the economy is doing fine. Where the fuck is the recession at? There's a, and I do believe there was some, definitely some sort of recession, <clears throat> but it was a very mild recession. When? Around what time? Like We've been in recession ago? all year, in my, in my opinion. But the numbers are saying other things because people are still buying shit. Yeah. No, it's true. I'm still going out all the time. I think I'm spending more money now than I did last year. What about the uh, the sneakers and, and watch industry? Is that taking a hit right now? Everything's going to correct itself, bro. Yeah, so that's like that's like the delayed effect, though, right? When those smaller markets kind of take a hit. Yeah, but we got to think about it. First of all, these resellers are fucking out of their mind. Why? Well, I... No, no, the reseller, <laughs> the reseller industry is out of their fucking mind. Yeah. Like, these dudes, people are not realistic. You know what I'm saying? Again, but it's supply and demand. Well, they spent money to get this stuff, so they have to kind of keep don't, it. No, some of these you in a sneaker game just like me. You know, some of these dudes ain't paying. They're paying retail for the yeah. most part, and they, they, they 10 x in on the sneakers because they're controlling the market because they buy them all. Right. So supply and demand. But now that the demand has weakened, right. you've got to come down on your prices to move your product. Right. Right. It's just like even this is why when I buy watches, I only buy them from authorized dealers because I'm buying a retail price. I will not buy a watch from a jeweler because I know the jeweler is going to charge me a margin and I don't want to pay the margin. So I'd rather wait until my authorized dealer can get the watches that I want to purchase. It might take a year. I will be patient to save thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000. Yeah. It's like everything, supply and demand. If there are no houses on the market, then how can the prices crash no they were correct because we was in a time that was a unicorn time i don't think in american history we've seen home prices raised this high and this fast like 20 30 40 percent in 12 months like that shit don't make no sense that's not sustainable why you why you in it you take advantage right right but at some point that's going to correct itself, and that's what's happening right now where we're starting to see 2%, 3%, 5% appreciation in certain areas. So, But that don't mean because you see prices. Like the housing, the, the, the watch market is not crashing. It's just correcting itself. It's going to some normalcy. It's yeah. going back to some, some normalcy. Housing market is going back to some sort of normalcy with the appreciation. But when you have higher interest rates, because people only remember 2020, 21, they, like it's like the world was just invented in 2020 and 2021. <laughs> yeah, it's like, nigga, you know the rates were in 2018. They were in the fives. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? They was in the fours. Like, ten years ago, rates were in the sevens. Like my, I tell y'all all the time, my first mortgage, I think I had seven and a quarter. 
Yeah, that's a little that's a little crazy. No, it wasn't crazy. It was normal. Oh yeah, I, I get I get what you're saying, but I'm saying like now. Now it from, just seems crazy because you know what you've seen over the past two years, and yeah. it was just so in your face because of social media, the news, and everything like that. But it's just like, yo, we are going back to some sort of normalcy. This is what's happening. So no, I don't think we're gonna have a, a market crash. I, I'm on record so many times saying this shit. It's like I, I say it's I'm blue in the face. Like I don't think we're gonna have a, a real estate housing crash. We are in the middle of a correction, getting back to some normalcy. And Airbnb, like I said early in this video, I think the arbitrage people are on the clock. I'm gonna say it again. You guys better get into the ownership circle because the way they are banning and coming up with rules and regulations to stop, like Jude said, they are trying to stop keep. Kick people out to protect the other people. Right. Simple. So get on the ownership side because the ownership side will always have the perks. The the renting side, you won't have the perks. It's like even if you rent an apartment, which I don't bash nobody who renting, right? Because I rent right now while I'm doing my house. And I like where I rent, right? I see why people rent. The amenities where I live is fucking amazing. You know what I'm saying? I love this. I don't have to fix nothing. I don't have to do nothing. I don't have to take out no garbage. I just throw it in the chute. Like, it's incredible to rent if you live in the right places. But I don't get no tax benefits. Well, I do because I put this in, in my business name. Yeah. So it's a corporate apartment. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the typical person is not going to see any tax benefits from when you're renting. Right. But if you're a homeowner, you get tax benefits. And you get appreciation. So, and when you're looking at commercial real estate, when you live in an apartment complexes and buildings, the value is based off the in the income that is being generated. Hmm. So as a renter, I'm actually, not only am I helping the landlord, I'm helping them in so many different ways. I'm helping them, they got tax benefits because of me. They get mortgage, um, their mortgage paid off or paid down, right? So principal reduction, they get, um, all the repairs that I might request and stuff like that, that they got to fix, they get to write all that off. And then, because I'm paying my rent, and especially when I'm going through the increases, because your rent's going to go up every year, I'm raising the value of their of their asset. So why wouldn't I want that for myself? Yeah. So I don't bash anybody who rents. I just think you got to learn the game because renting serves a purpose. It gives you the uh, opportunity to stack, to see if you, because home ownership ain't for everybody. I'm, let's be clear. Not everybody deserves or should be a homeowner. Yeah. Because you got to be mature. Like, this is a responsibility. Like I said, I just got to alert that my electric bill is being taken out. It's, tomorrow's the first. These people want their money. They don't care about 4th of July weekend. <laughs> <laughs> they don't care about the turn up for barbecues or bar mitzvahs this weekend and it's summertime let's go on vacation no it's the first of the month i want my money just the way they taking their money from me guess what's happening in my world with everybody who renting something that i have i want my money yeah you get to the fifth and, and then you get late fees i don't care about the holiday i want my money so god bless america <laughs> god bless america all right. Um, oh, we were talking about build the rent. I'm glad Sasha Sterling just said this. She said, Dion Horton um, are building tons of build to rent homes and just sold that portfolio in Texas for over a billion dollars. I agree with you. The market is not crashing. Exactly. Right? Now, 
Let's talk about Jeff Bezos and the crew, right? So Bezos back company. Matter of fact, it's on my notes. Look on, look on, look on. I'm, you know what? I'm gonna airdrop it. I just airdrop it. So let's 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 look at this, y'all. This came out on Yahoo Finance, I believe, the other day. Right? Y'all see the screen? Oh, this this one of those things with all these stupid ass commercials. <laughs> yeah. Is this a, is a video? Nah, but it's it's just, we'll be able to see the headline. It's just you know how they always play their stupid commercials. All right, so go back to the title so they can see the title of what it says. It says Bezos. Damn, Damn it's, all, it's all these pop-ups, bro. <laughs> yeah. How do we stop that? It says Bezos back company surpasses a hundred million single family home acquisitions while US housing shortage worsens. Like, you guys gotta understand these institutional investors ain't fucking around with y'all. <laughs> they not fucking around. They like, oh, y'all y'all wanna sit on the sidelines and complain? Cool. Keep the keep the rates high. The players are gonna play. Investors gonna invest. A hundred million dollars worth of single family homes. Scroll down. Let's 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 get into some of this article. What's all these pop-ups, bro? Look, countless, look what it says. Countless news headlines have been calling for a housing crash for a better part of a year. Prices are still climbing in many parts of the U.S., according to data from Redfin. The medium sales price has increased over 9.38% since January and has fallen only 3.4% from its peak on May of 2022. Despite rising mortgage rates, buyers are finding little relief in home prices because of massive shortage of supply. According to Alan, an analysis from Realtor.com, the gap between single-family home construction and household formations grew to 6.5 million homes in 2022. Short, what does that say? You, you went too fast. Shortly before home prices began to surge in 2021, Amazon.com Inc. founder Jeff Bezos made a bet on Seattle-based startup that had a mission to make real estate investments more accessible to retail investors. That year, Arrived Homes became the first company to legally sell shares of individual rental properties to non-accredited investors. Investors on the real estate platform have now funded over 275 single-family homes with a total value of more than $102 million. So they purchased 275 single-family rental homes for $102 million. What's that? What's that? What's that? Hold on. But how did, so when they, what I'm curious about is when they buy these homes, mm -hmm. that many, that many homes, how, how does, what does paperwork look like? Like, how do you even, Oh, it's called cash. So you buy the house cash, you get the title. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You go cash or you look, they're raising money, bro. So they're yeah. raising money from non, you didn't know what accredited and non-accredited means. No, that was my next question. Okay, so accredited investors are basically people who have a, a network of over a million dollars, right? Just, so you're, if you have a net worth of a million dollars, you're an accredited investor? Pretty much. There's some okay. other shit that goes along with it. Okay. But I'm just telling you just the, the basis so you understand, right. right? Accredited, a net worth over a million dollars, and you can't include your, your primary residence, right? Okay. So you're an investor, basically, right? right? And a non-accredited investor is someone who doesn't. 
basically. Oh, yeah. So most retail investors, like we're considered retail, and everybody who's here on this chat is considered a retail investor, mm-hmm. um, are non-accredited. So most investment platforms don't want to raise money from non-accredited investors because they don't understand investing. Okay. They will put in $10,000 today and want $20,000 tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that doesn't work well for them. So now, Bezos bought into this company and they have a mission, like they said, that's the first um, startup like this to give to sell shares to non-accredited investors. They raised hundreds of millions of dollars, and so far they purchased 275 homes with a value of $102 million. Now, that's an average price, purchase price, of $370,000. Can you explain the sell shares part? No. It, I don't, because I don't know how the platform works, so I can't oh, explain. Okay, okay, okay. I've, I've never done a deep dive into it, but I, long story short, it's like you buy a stock share. It's probably the same philosophy. Okay. You put in this, you get this type of percentage. You own that many shares of stock. Right. I'm pretty sure it's the same way, but I haven't done a deep dive into this company to know exactly right. how they form formulated their shit. Right? Because I don't care because I'm not promoting them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. This is just I'm giving information right now. Right. Now what I was saying is they closed on 275 single family homes for 102 million dollars. That's an average price of 370 thousand dollars. Okay. Think about that person. Who's buying a $370,000 house? What type of buyer? They're not rich. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're what? Middle class. Right. Low middle class. You can make $60,000, $80,000 a year and they can afford to get a $370,000 home. But what they're doing is, unfortunately, they're taking in all of these homes from people. They're making... You're going to rent and you're going to love it, pretty much. Now, there's something else I want to read in here, right, that I thought was super crazy. Uh, investment, da, 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 the billionaire tech is only bad. Okay, look, look, look. Last November, J.P. Morgan Chase and Company announced its joint venture to acquire and develop $1 billion worth of We spoke of about that. We spoke about this, too, on the channel. But this is interesting. $1, million, $1 billion worth of single-family rental communities, build and rent, and again, that price point is probably going to be in the, under that four hundred thousand because we read earlier what's the medium home price four hundred and eighteen thousand. So they're targeting middle America, right? But check this out: MetLife Investment Management estimated that institutions own some seven hundred thousand single-family rentals going into in twenty twenty-two, and expects that number to reach seven. Point six million homes by 2030. 2030 is six and a half years from now. 2030? 2030. They, at the, by the end of 2022, MetLife Investment Management estimated that institutions own 700,000 single-family rentals. That's kind of a short amount of time for that. But they're saying in six and a half years, they're going to 10x that, bro. So. By 7.6 million. Right. So basically, there's going to be a lot more people renting homes. 
Hello. Yeah. In in a nutshell. Hello. And it's kind of it's gonna kill the opportunity for a lot of people to just be able to buy a house. Hello. So, so your opportunity over. is now. <laughs> they take they taking over, y'all. They taking over. Your opportunity. Take this out. Your opportunity is now. Yeah. Get in the game, y'all. Get in the game. Yeah. Because while you're sitting here contemplating, watching the fear-mongering content, waiting for a housing crash, blah, 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 blah. I don't give a fuck if Airbnb crashes or not. I don't care if the housing market crashes or not. It's an opportunity. Get in the game, people. Stop worrying. Stop. Yo, you on a sideline. You're not even on the game. Get in the game. Because what's going to happen is if this pace keeps up and if this MetLife Investment Group is correct, they're going to buy 7 million single families in the next six and a half years. How many homes are how many homes are there? And do we know? Do you have a number? In America? Yeah. Who knows? I don't fucking know. We're pretty sure we can find it in Google, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. They're buying a good portion of it. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm and what they're going to do is keep you as a renter. That's wild. So it's either one of two things. You're either going to rent or you're going to own. And if you choose to rent, great. Congratulations. But don't bitch and moan in a couple years saying that the institutions need to be stopped and all this other stuff because you have an opportunity to go out here and buy yourself. That's the next argument. Well, of course, Congress is going to have to get involved at some point because they, they're, the people who vote for them is going to get pissed off. And it's the rich getting richer. Real estate is the, is the play, man. Real estate is the play. There is no... Look, I love the stock market. I love options. You're learning about Forex trading right now. Congratulations to all of that shit. Mm-hmm. But ain't nothing better than brick and mortar, player. Well, sometimes you got to use certain things to get there. I agree with that. Everything's a tool. That's fine. Everything's a tool, but let's not get it twisted. Who's Big Daddy? Pause. Real estate. I can't even agree with that because I'm weird. (laughs) Super pause. Hold on. What the fuck am I saying? (laughs) Hold on. I take that back. Pause. Retract that. Edit that out. Who's the big king? Me. Real estate. Yeah. Real estate is king of the hill, in my opinion. Brick and mortar, it goes nowhere. It goes nowhere. Yeah. It's what you need in life, people. Real estate. Get your single family homes. Get your ADUs on your single family homes. Create the cash flow. Get the tax benefits. Get the depreciation. Get everything. Get the get the just the ownership bug. It feels good to go in your backyard if you if you got a primary residence. It feels good to collect rent on the first between the first and the tenth of the month every month. It feels good. Look what these people are doing. They said they're gonna buy seven million more homes in the next six and a half years. Twenty thirty is six and a half years from now, bro. Yeah. Twenty thirty, six and a half years, bro. Get in the game. Or you may not have the opportunity. You think home prices is high now? Who do you think they're going to be in five years? Think about it. If the average house is 
420000 right now on average, medium home price, if you do a modest 3% appreciation every single year, that's going up. Yeah. It's going up. So that 420 may turn to 500, 550. It's going up. I don't care what the rates are, the price is still going up. That right. thing ain't going to take a nosedive like people want it to. I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. No time soon, in my opinion. Unless there's an influx of inventory that hit the market. If an influx of inventory hits with interest rates dropping, okay, then maybe we can have a different conversation. But until then, I don't see it. Just my thoughts. Just my opinion. Yeah, this is um, very valuable information. Very, very valuable. Well, but it, it probably won't get no views. Because <laughs> it's not yeah. clickbait. Um, so there's, I mean, normally you say this, but there's 200 people in here and there's only 67 likes. So if you guys can, please hit that like button. Throw a thumbs up. Um, How long have really we been on this? It. An hour and 11 minutes. Well, praise God. 111. <laughs> 111. Praise God. I love that number. 111. Make a wish now. All right, uh, do we want to take calls or no? Um, let's see what we got here. Let's take a call. 563-999-3608. 563-999-3608. Come on the show. What's your opinion on all this? I've been ranting and raving for the past hour and 11 minutes. 563-999-3608. I put it on the notes too. For what? That number. All right. Five, six, three. We wait like two seconds. If we don't get no calls, we out of here because my stomach is grumbling. I don't even think I ate today. Property overseas. How about property overseas? What about it? Airbnb is, is an American thing or it's all over? No, Airbnb is everywhere. Yeah. You can get Airbnbs so. in Dubai. You can get them in London. You can get them everywhere. What's the next step to structure my business? Uh, call in the show. <laughs> I'm not answering your questions in the comments. Call in the shows. Okay? Call in. 563-999-3608. Okay? Uh, where's the article? Put that Put that article, um, the one with the Jeff Bezos one, in the comments so that way they can have it. Y'all can read the article on your own. Tooks will put it in the comments for y'all right now. All right, yeah, I can read it yourself. Tooks just put it in the comments. All right, we got we got a caller. All right, let's speak to a caller. Hello. All right, caller, you on live? What's going on? How you doing? Um, I'm good. What's your name? What's your name? Where you calling from? What's your name? Where you calling from? I'm calling from New Jersey. All right, thank you for joining today. What's your question? Um, my question is, I have a, a statement, sort of. Um, I just started an Airbnb, um, actually in May. And um, the market is, this is in upstate New York, in Albany, New York. And I've been booked since um, May 15th until September 1st of this year. Wow. So, Airbnb market 
a crashing. Um, you know, I picked the right location near that. I was near a, um, a hospital, also near the Capitol. I mean, um, government buildings. And it seems like I'm getting doctors, you know, just regular travelers that are coming through that are booking for a month, 28 days to 30 days. Um, but I've been booked ever since. So I don't think the market is crashing. It's just about picking the right location. Um, but I also own that building also. And I also have another person that actually has an Airbnb right on top of mine, and which was the reason why I started mine, because I was kind of like hesitant about going about it until I saw that their business was booming. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to start my own. And we we didn't really have any issues with each other because it was just that busy. Um, and and I own the building also. So I'm getting several incomes from um, my regular tenants, but also from another Airbnb that's on top of my Airbnb. So I think the market, you know, you just got to pick the right location um, and go from there. So, um, but I've been busy ever since, and I haven't had issues um, with the Airbnb market in that location. And that's a small market. You know, come back to New York City. How how many units is your building? Um, it's five units, um, two um, two bedrooms and three one bedrooms, and I'm about to open another one um, at the front end because the other one is at the back, and I'm opening a two bedroom right now. I'm doing a one bedroom Airbnb. So you got one of the a five units. So you got one short term rental and the other four long term. Um, one of them is actually rented to a, like, uh, Airbnb arbitrage. He's doing, he's doing Airbnb too. Um, so the other guy's not really, he's long-term, but he's doing Airbnb. I allow him to do Airbnb. So let me ask you this now. Why would you allow him to do Airbnb arbitrage in your building when you can just do it yourself? Okay. This is what happened, right? Um, I was a little bit hesitant because I'm about three hours away in Jersey. So I, at, in the beginning, I thought I had to be more hands-on, which you do have to be. So I didn't really want to put the effort into it. I got a lot of offers from bigger companies that was like, hey, I'll manage it for you. But the problem is I, w- I didn't really know about the business, so I didn't just want to go in there. I was just, ah, just to put somebody in for now. Um, and then when I realized, look, I can manage it, manage it from far away because the problem was more thinking about getting people to clean it, housekeeping, um, at a decent price and also making sure things were being run properly. So once I figured that out, how to go about it, um, I was able to hit the ground running and I wish I (laughs) didn't rent it to him. Um, but you know, he's been pretty good, um, so it's not really because we're both doing one bedroom. Um, his strategy is more long term. Mine, I don't really care for the moment. I don't care if they're staying for one day, two days, because I do have a housekeeper that's nearby. Um, it doesn't really bother me. Bother me as much as his strategy. He has a higher higher pricing, and mine is much lower than his. And we're both booked. So um, I think I think. You know, I thought that would be an issue in the beginning because we're literally right on top of each other. But, you know, there's no issues at all. Um, 
But, yeah, I am expanding in the same building to the front. I do have a two-bedroom, so eventually that's going to be open up. And I'm near all the universities, too, so I can – I have a different strategy where throughout the year I could just do student housing and then during the summer just do Airbnb. So mm. just a different way of and, – and I did it with American Express <laughs> and the credit card where I started the business, you know, only cost me $210 to go online and do it and get all the paperwork, get my EIN, and then go to Amex and be like, hey, um, I need credit. They gave me like $8,000, and that's what I use, and I'll be able to pay that off in six months, you know. Um, so it worked out without me putting my money out. So in a way, so the only thing I had to do was just the renovation from, um, you know, the income that's coming in for the building anyway. And then everything else was on a separate LLC um, to renovate, I mean, to, you know, furnish the apartment. And mm. everything was ordered from Amazon, you know, and Walmart. <clears throat> I like this. You know, so. So let me ask you this. You know, what? it's a different way of bringing in, you know, just one last thing. If you think about it, I was only, my, the max I think I would have been able to get from that apartment was 1100 right? I'm getting right now about 1900 from the Airbnb, Um so that's an extra eight hundred dollars that I wouldn't be able to get, you know, um, you know. Without how much? How much are your monthly expenses? How much are your monthly expenses? Um, expenses, electricity is about one fifty, um, and Netflix is about eighteen dollars. I think fifteen or eighteen dollars. That's pretty much it. <laughs> what about your cleaning fee? Um. <laughs> So um, I have it set up where it's $60. If they stay less than two days, it's $60. If they stay more than three days, I pay about 100 and 100 to $110. And how much does your, your, your cleaning lady and charge you? Laundry. Laundry pickup, you know, it's by weight. You have to do a minimum of $20, and they'll come pick up at, at your door pretty much. So okay. all of that is going to be expensed out, you know, ran yeah, so, off. So you're probably netting around six, $700 compared to what the long-term rental will be. Yes. Okay, so that's a win for you. Now, with the rules, because where's your Airbnb located again? Albany, New York. So in Albany, New York, with you having a five-unit building, were there any type of restrictions or any type of laws that we should be aware oh. of if we were looking to do anything in Albany? So um, they tried to pass the law recently, but it seems like because we're in the capital district, you're getting a lot of state senators, congressmen, a lot of consultants that are coming through. They didn't allow it to pass this time um, because they did try to limit um, I guess try to pass through laws to limit it, but I don't think that's going to happen just based on who typically visits, right? So um, you got to look at Albany as like a pit stop, right? So if you're going to Lake George, the different areas in upstate New York, the Adirondacks, um, it's, it's crucial. A lot of people typically stops in Albany um, or stay in Albany, and there's not enough hotels to accommodate 
you know, um, whether, like, for example, I'm getting a lot of people that are coming in with their children for um, college movements, right? So you're going to get a lot of that during August, and the prices typically go up during the summer from what I've seen. Um, And also you're getting, you know, students coming back that might need last-minute, you know, housing, whether they're, you know, while they're looking, um, so they're looking for housing. And then you have, like, the um, Albany Med, which is a big hospital, and a lot of doctors are visiting. So you're getting that, and nurse, travel nurses. So it's the location I picked, I know the area because I went to school around the area. So it, it made sense to me. Um, and I'm right near, near um, the park. So it's very convenient to walk. And also, you know, you're getting business people, you know, government people, people that work for the government that want to be near downtown, um, you know. So it's, it's, it's all about locations for me because I have other properties that are in different locations, um, like next door in Troy, New York. So um, as long as you're downtown near, like, the schools, you're able to get the type of people, you know, to fill in your space. And also you got to comfortably change the prices and see what's out there and lower your prices sometimes just to keep it filled. Volume solves all so problems. So I constantly do that on a yeah, yeah. Vo- volume solves all problems. I, I talk about that all the time. <laughs> yes, definitely. Well, look, man, I appreciate you calling the show today, man. Thank you for your transparency and give us, giving, up, giving us some insight on your Airbnb business and, um, you know, how you're running your play in Albany, New York, man. We appreciate your time today. Thank you very much. I appreciate your show. I love your show, so I'm always watching. Thank you, man. I appreciate you for, uh, for the support. All right. Take care. All right. All right, so that was a good call. Uh, that was a good call. I know we we on we on a time thing. How long how long we been in here? Because I know we don't want to be in here till like. Even on, uh, one twenty four. Yeah, we're about to hit. I'm about to hit rush hour. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So you want to get you want you want you want you want to kill us right now? What do you mean? Oh shit! Yeah, let's kill us right now. Um, I want to do this. Uh, yeah, I forgot all about Houston. <laughs> I'm <laughs> glad nice I just show. saw that comment. Right, I just I'm glad I just saw that comment right there. So, look, we got the Houston. I'm having a networking event in Houston, y'all. Um, networking event in Houston. Let me get the link real quick. Hold on. I almost forgot about this, yo. Thank you. That's one of the reasons why I came on here. Oh, my God. Where's the fucking link? Hold on. Let me see something. Um, I know I sent this to somebody today. So, okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Networking event in Houston. All right, all right, all right. So we are July 13th, Bar 5051, Houston, Texas. Bar 5051. We are having a free networking event in Houston. I just put the link in the chat right now. This is a free networking event Thursday, uh, Wednesday. Well, no. What did I say? Thursday? Thursday, Thursday. the 13th. And we also have the master class on the 14th and 15th in Houston. So you can go to mgbookstore.com. You'll see both um, there, but I'm going to put the link right there. So we have bar 5051. Uh, shout out to all my, my family in Houston. Shout out to Cam. 
Um, yeah, we're in Houston. So I want to see you guys pull up on me. We're going to be at Bar 5051 Houston, July 13th, free networking event. I had an event in Atlanta last week. Where were you, Nancy? <laughs> I had a networking event literally like literally last week mm-hmm. in in Atlanta. It was almost 300 people there. It was phenomenal. Houston, I'm expecting the same or more love, please, because I don't come to Texas often. So if y'all don't show me love in Texas, I ain't coming back. Okay? Um, um, what I was about to say. All right? So I'm, I'm sorry y'all missed it. Trey, if you missed it, come to Houston. Link is there. Okay? Link is there. And then attend the master class on the 14th and 15th. Go to mgbookstore.com. Bar 5051. Bar, no, 5015? You said 5015? Well, they told me 5051. <laughs> so, like. Is that a popular spot out there? Oh, it is 5015. You're right. It's 5015. It's 50, Damn, Suzette. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Hold on. 5015. You're right. I just saw the Instagram page. Let me tell them to change that. Ah, uh, all right. So there you have it. Okay? Come to Houston, bar 5015, Houston, free networking event. Okay? Thank you. Whoever corrected me on that, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, Masterclass is coming to Chicago in September. We'll be in Chicago. In September. All right. Um, we got Philly uh, July 27th and 28th. And then we got Houston July 13th, 14th, and 15th. 13th is the networking event. 14th, 15th is the class. Yes. And it's um, 50, 15. I made a road. Correct. My apologies for the 50, 51. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My graphic designer put 50, 51 on the flyer. But we're going to have to change that now. All right, so tap in with me on that, and I'll see you guys in Houston. Tooks, any final words before we get the hell out of here? Nah, happy 4th of July weekend, right? We're having a, well, the 4th is, is it on Monday? No, 4th of July is on Tuesday, actually. On Tuesday, so this will be the weekend everyone's going to be celebrating, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, enjoy your guys' weekend. Be safe. Um, and, yeah, that's that's basically it. Yeah, that's basically it. So, happy 4th, everyone. Be safe. Eat a lot of barbecue. Spend time with your loved ones. MG is definitely not cooking. The MG cookout will be at Garland Gardens next year, though. Yeah, I'm out of barbecue. I'm out of party next year. I think I'm partying all summer, FYI, next summer um, at Garland Gardens. Um, yeah. Yeah, y'all, y'all really. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm not going to say nothing about and We're going to have dope videos. Tooks is gonna hook it up after he dope finishes videos. his food. Yeah. Nah, 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 nah. I don't like the filming part. I, I don't do that. What do you mean you don't film at parties? I don't do that, and I don't film events either. So that's not you ain't gonna catch oh me. Oh my that. god, bro. I'm <laughs> I sick. do not hate I, events. Tooks is so events. fucking bougie right now, yeah. y'all. Like nah. this guy, I don't do this no more. No, I don't do this. I don't. People ask me to do events. I'm like, nah, I'm good. I don't do it. It's not my thing. It's not. I've done it. I've done. I've done eighty weddings a year. When I, when, I, when I first so you over weddings too that's a lot of weddings bro that's who does 80 weddings a year that you know that films 80 weddings a year 
So you're not doing weddings no more? No. I'm burnt out with that. Nobody does 80 weddings a year unless you like. That's a lot of weddings. That's a lot. That's yeah. a lot of love. That's <laughs> a lot, man. That's a lot of love. If you know, you know. But yeah, nah, I'm done with that. But I'll be there to party. You know what I'm saying? Mm, <laughs> if you, bring your camera, nigga. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, this guy's crazy. He can't but, even invite me over for a party. Bro, you just came to my daughter's graduation little thing. What and I was still about? taking photos on iPhones. You took one photo, bro. Yeah. One. Yeah. If I invite you somewhere, I'm not going to ask. I'm like, yo, let's do some loans. <laughs> no, some, you're going to uh, say, yo, my cousin, here got a, my cousin here got a question about mortgages, <laughs> no, MG. Nah, That's no, what you're going to nah. probably say. <laughs> let's see your deals. Pull out your deal. Let's see what you got. MG's here, y'all. MG's here at the cookout. I'm not doing that. This guy's crazy. But anyways, enjoy our weekend. Uh, we got to go. Um, this is a great live and we'll catch you guys on the next one. Yeah, maybe Monday. Who knows? No, definitely not Monday. But yeah, we'll no, catch you guys on the no, next one. No, we're filming Monday. You we... said you said not Monday. Maybe Monday. <laughs> we can film Monday. I don't care. Whatever. We'll figure it out. All right, gotta go. Peace, love, and hair grease. Enjoy the weekend. Come <laughs> to Houston. Um, let me put the link. Come to Houston. Make sure you guys pull up. Uh free networking event, July 13th in Houston. Let's go. Peace. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.